review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, John Hastings. John Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, everybody. It's me, John Hastings. I am the alpha of this podcast. I follow only this podcast on Twitter. Dylan Gott. Whoa, that's a celeb move, John. Mm, who wants to know what I is? I is good. Dylan is bad. <laughs> Suck my fuck. I follow several people on Twitter because I know that if I saw their faces at an open mic, I would <laughs> have a, a, a scene. They would make a scene out of it. <laughs> Why don't you follow me on Twitter? Because I don't fucking yeah, care, man. buddy. You don't fucking care either. Why do you follow me, bro? Get the fuck out of here, you fat What's bitch. Up, bro? My name's Eric Budd. I always wear a velvet jacket, and I still host the open mic at the, Eric <laughs> at the Bud. Imperial Pub in Toronto. Weird. So many years into comedy, we have a podcast that has nothing to do with comedy, and you just mentioned Eric Bud. <laughs> Eric Bud, by the way, for those of you which that don't know, which is probably even counting his own dad, <laughs> uh, is a teacher. He's a teacher who did comedy in Toronto, but he spelt comedy wrong every week on the He was sign. a teacher? Comedy. Yeah, and he didn't know there was an E in comedy. And you, it's not even like a... I don't know, fucking sexually harassing the students? <laughs> ah, yeah. Looks like you're all in detention one by one, underground in my lair. I mean, there's a part of me that is like, Eric Bud could be listening to the show. <laughs> oh, just, just, just sharpening a knife? I... I he um, I always knew... Why did he correct me about that E? All I was looking was for friendship. <laughs> Here's my uh, here's my impression of Eric Bud looking for an apartment. Mm, Seven hundred dollars for a lair? I don't know about that. Uh, don't you mean apartment? I mean lair. Oh man, this podcast. I've had a weird day. Dylan's uh, really excited to go to England for a tour, so we're gonna be dropping a lot of early two thousands or late two thousands Toronto comedy references. Ooh, yeah. baby! And ladies and gentlemen, we are of course doing. The third part of evolu or evolution, <laughs> evolution, the evolution, we're the, the guy who should have been in evolution. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the groove bar only of because demolition. he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're talking about Kona Crush, baby, a guy who I and still do listen to that theme song. I have to be honest. I still sometimes when I work out and I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to do any more running. I think, you know, who will get me through this? And this is legitimately honest, John. Kona Crush's theme song. I don't song. think I've ever heard it. Can you can you sing a little bit of it for me right now? I loved it when I was a kid. First of all, it starts out. Just go on YouTube and look it up no, right no, no. now. I want you to uh, sing it for me. It, st it starts out as, I'm going to, all right, I'll listen to it on YouTube. Wheel. da 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 that's the whole thing. It's great. What a song, man. Nobody's having a bad time when you're listening to Kona Crush's theme song. That's great. You, that's some of the worst singing ever because you didn't do any of the fucking words. There's no... What? I brought up the lyrics right now. It's the 1993 theme song. I got the lyrics in front of me. Okay. Oh, there's the, oh sorry. There's words. Yeah, okay, here cool. it is. 
Dakota Crush, he's gonna crush your skull unless you give him steroids. Kona Crush, he's friends with a fat guy. They eat potato salad and do pain pills. Kona Crush, he looks like he's smoking That's even it. when he's not. Kona Crush, no one was sad when he died even though he led a good life. Kona Crush, oh, how buddy. do you live in Hawaii and never have a tan? Kona Crush, so many different forms of the mullet. He, we'll talk about his death because we didn't even talk about some people's deaths. Like we didn't even talk about um, oh my God, who did we do recently that died and we just like didn't even mention he was dead? Oh, obviously on the Patreon feed is Snuka. Everyone knows. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you're like a black belt wrestling fan, so we don't even fucking spell shit out for yeah. you. By the way, like this is not the barrier to entry on this is like if you show up to like a fet orgy, you're not. They're not going to be like, okay, well this this clasp does this. It's like you know what the clasps do. We all have scars from our childhood and real scars. Let's if fucking talk for about the missionary crush. position version of a wrestling podcast. Go yeah. listen to the Labs fan. If you want to come to the Fet orgy and not the fun accessible ones that they do outside, like the real weird ones where a lot of your friends go and you're like, "Mr. Johansson, what are you doing here?" and he's like, "Mmm, I like to get my dick near flames." Then <laughs> I got fucked so hard here last week that my voice fucked mm. up. That was nice. I got throated from the yeah, behind. You need to know about me. A good way to keep hemorrhoids away is to get butt fucked by a dildo covered in a mango juice. <laughs> Speaking of mango juice, Kona Crush. He was raised in Hawaii. How is that someone? That he never looked like he had a tan, uh, and we're talking about a wrestler in the '90s. They all had tans. Kona Crush looked as white. He had a tan when it was his gimmick as being Kona Crush. Like that was when he had a tan. Every other time, no tan. Also, he started wrestling at 22. He's not one of those dudes who like started when he. You would think because of his size, he was a guy who started when he was like. Uh, 35 because he tried to be in the NFL for no, a long time. The, he was in he was in the he was in the Air Force in Japan. Got exposed to wrestling there. Was trained by by, by Inoki. Inoki. He was trained by, <laughs> which is so funny to me that it's like like everyone talks about like oh man Inoki, great wrestler. Like some people, if you're like the Puroso stuff, I'm not really into, but I've heard people talk about Inoki where it's kind of like Hulk Hogan where. He was so huge, but then he just kept putting himself over to the point it was the detriment to the company, of course. But also, he trained. And, you know, you think the Inoki Dojo and you... Well, Inoki has benefited from other smart people taking over the company he created, and now it's New Japan that we know. Like, New Japan yeah. was always the stepchild to All Japan, and then All Japan collapsed five, six years ago, and now New Japan literally is like is basically the reason that there's all elite wrestling is New Japan. New Japan, because they have Japan in their name, yeah, yeah, and yeah, America yeah. is weird where they're like, other countries? Nah. New Japan could never get a stronghold in America, yeah. so all elite wrestling is basically like, we'll call it that. We'll get a bunch of foreign investment from Middle East shady businessmen, and uh, we're going to reinvent WCW, only it's not going to end like the last Monday Night War, because this Monday Night War is going to end with the WWE imploding because they signed a bad TV deal, 
and I assume Vince McMahon hate fucking glass as they're trying to repossess Titan Tower, except he's already sold Titan Tower. That's an interesting thing. Obviously, there's no, I mean, I don't think the selling of Titan Tower is a pariah. What is pariah the right word there? I don't think it's bad. I think it's like an old man who's in this one instance is smart and realizing you don't need brick and mortar anymore. Like you can, we do this podcast exclusively for the last year and we've done progressively better each week and the way we're doing it is i am in canada and you are in la right now you're in australia and as of next week you'll be in la and i'll be in england like you don't need brick and mortar stores i don't have to show up to a fucking booth lay down the tracks although that would be sick oh yeah man imagine we could do a a wrestler review remix episode just every 30 seconds there's a record record (laughs) scratch and someone yells shut up you fat um yeah, the wrestler review featuring Little Richard. I would oh listen my to God. that. Yeah, why am I yeah. here? Just just, uh, <laughs> just a bunch of Vince McMahon impressions, and then good golly, Miss Molly. <laughs> good yeah. God, Wah! I need a new agent. <laughs> ah, Trish, show me where babies feed. Ooh. <laughs> um, take Gerald outside and shit in his mouth. Ooh. <laughs> um, he's trained by Anoki, who you tells think him Anoki picked Brian Adams because he was like, "I want on the anniversary of Pearl Harbor, I want to recreate that battle. I will be the Japanese Air Force, and he will be a boat." <laughs> I think Brian Adams is singly the weirdest man in the world because he's like he's a buff boy, he's a buff, he's a buff baby, but. He gets caught for steroids many times in his career, and he never gets near having an app. No. Like, even when he's young. Never even... He's never even... the If if abs are, like, a restaurant you can go to, he is two towns over eating at a place called... <laughs> Why don't I have them? I don't know if that would make Brian, sense. A- Brian, Adam, <laughs> Brian Adams always just has a body that is like, oh, he's a guy with good genetics who drinks a lot, but and that's just, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know how much he's twenty two. He looks thirty two with the body of yeah, a forty two yeah. year old, like dad going through a divorce, and he bought some weights that he uses on the balcony of his apartment while he screams, "Bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> Brian Adams honestly uh, has the has the body that I want right now because. I'll tell you this. I've been I've been working out for uh, about a year and a half now, and I haven't gotten even near a setup. <laughs> Just curls, bro. You do curls. You do legs. Maybe a bit of chest. And then you fucking take a dump standing up so the shit just falls down your leg. Because I don't sit down for anybody. <laughs> queen Queen shows up. No, not sitting down. Not kneeling. Not doing anything. I take a I take dump standing up at the urinal. I had a urinal installed in my house, so I take yeah, a dump hi, in Dylan, it. What's your workout goal? Oh, yeah. It's pretty simple. Um, I don't sit down for nobody, including shit. Yeah. And now I want people to know that about me. <laughs> I want an ass like those Instagram models so I don't have to st- sit down when I shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's something I thought of. I stay awake at night a lot. <laughs> I assume they don't have to bend over to shit. Their butts are so big, they just kind of shit out. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. He was uh, billed as the American Ninja, which explains why throughout his entire career, for the next 13 years, he always knows 
Yeah, he always does a weird karate chop move. Uh, it's really weird. He yeah, ve- and a bad sidekick. Oh, very bad side. He also loved high boots to a point with the buckle on the side, no laces. Like that was his duragur. Like it's just he just he wanted to look like the guy. He wanted to look like the guy on your street who would talk about fights he was in ten years ago. As soon as there's a beer in his hand, he hasn't opened it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's bigger than you, so you don't really yeah, want to test him. Like every, he over-embellishes the fight details in such a way that you know they're not true. Like yeah, just, yeah, yeah. He goes one step further, and then he, like it's just like, so yeah, then I punched him in the face, and then his mom was there. I got sucked off. You're like, all right, well, I don't believe any of this story now. <laughs> that is also, by the way, anytime you've ever seen any fight, here's how they all work, is if it's between two people who are wearing clothes... One guy lands one kind of a punch, and then they just kind of wrestle around until someone breaks it up. There's never, like, rarely is there, like, an actual knockout. And every time someone tells you they were in a fight, they knocked someone out. And it's like, you've never, you don't know how to throw a punch. Neither does the other guy. Like, you know how hard it is to fucking knock someone out? You can knock someone down if they're in the middle of throwing. But, like, 90% of the time, it's just four punches are exchanged. Everyone's like, wow, this is way more tiring than anything I've done in my life. And then just they both say they won to their friends. <laughs> yeah, okay. not Kona Crush. Kona Crush is too busy. He's got his dick fully out. Not his balls, though. He keeps his balls yeah, yeah, yeah. in his p- trousers. Is weird. He just shows you the dick. And he just goes, this is where your mom lives. And then he, But he trips on a, a beer bottle he didn't see. And he gets his, <laughs> his dick falls in a puddle. <laughs> I don't know why that image really... I want you to know we're 14 minutes into this episode. We've just got we've said the word Antonio Inoki and then gone on a variety of tangents. Let's talk about this man's wrestling career. Go ahead, Dylan. He started out in New Japan, which is crazy because for everyone that talks about, as I was talking about, all the New Japan wrestlers who are very good who come out of the dojo, there's also like, uh, oh, this guy's 6'6", now he's wrestling everyone. Like, that's a big part of New Japan. For every, like, seven-star Dave Meltzer wrestler, there's also Mike Awesome, whose wrestling moves are basically like, oh, what I do is I throw them, right? And then, like, they don't die, so that's cool. Okay. (laughs) Mike Awesome's actually... Kind of yeah, a bad Mike, example. Mike Austin could, like, is actually, actually a really work. bad. I'm trying to think of another one. Oh, the fucking headhunters, the the twins that were super fat. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, they they were just like punch, punch, stab, stab, yeah, stab. It, yeah, for every New Japan match, that's like, oh my god, he just did a sunset flip kick that looked real and legitimate, landed on the guy's shoulder, did two flips, and then hit a stone cold stunner. It's Terry Funk just trying to eat. A piece of uh, meat he found in the parking lot. <laughs> Terry Funk versus found meat. <laughs> Will he get food poisoning? You old dog. Oh, I'll eat you dead rabbit's face. Uh, Dory, I got the bum wee story. Dory. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't so do he goes to a new ch- br- I was too la- busy laughing at the phrase "bum wheeze." <laughs> <laughs> so he, he uh, leaves New Japan because his work visa expired. He goes to Pacific North Wrestling, where he becomes American Ninja in 1987, which is everything that everyone wanted back then. Like white man, big white guy that knows karate made people so fat cocked yeah. back then. Wait a minute. And then he you're comes back. You're good at kicking, but you're not foreign. Get in here. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. And you're 6'6"? Like, let me... I'm covered in my own pre-cum. <laughs> let me towel off. Then we will decide what to do. He, he was in a tag team called The Wrecking Crew with Len Denton, which sounds like a fake name that I would... Yeah, the grappler. Yeah, you would use in a story. You know what I mean? You're like, you can call me Len Denton. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> that took me one second to come up with. <laughs> He goes, uh, he goes back to New Japan in 87, then he goes to All Japan in 89. So basically what he's doing is he's touring around um, on the undercard, be getting experience, and he learns, this is very, very important to learn, is that he learns to work in New Japan. So he, like, in Pacific North Wrestling, if you watch a bit of it, is a good wrestler. Like, he tries hard. And then he goes to the WWF and Bill Eadie pulls him aside and says... First of all, hold my uh, literal bag of Twinkies. You don't need to refrigerate them. It's wonderful. Anyway, stop jumping and moving. Yeah, the thing with wrestling is it's not about the moves. It's about uh, just uh, sleeping while standing. <laughs> it's the thing about tag teams. You can take a little nap while you're out there. They don't even know. Here's the nice thing about uh, Barry. That's, I don't know his actual name is Barry. I just call him that. Uh, he... Uh, he won't notice if you fall asleep. Uh, and if he does notice, he's polite enough not to mention it. <laughs> Here's how we in demolition do it. You hand the pack of smokes yeah, to the yeah. other guy, and then you you smoke five straight smokes, and then he tags you in. You each you each get to smoke 20 smokes during a match. It's really a good job. Bill Eady is totally the guy that would call them smokes, too. <laughs> smokes? Smokes is like, that's... That's the, how you know you've worked for a living, you know? I'm going to have a smoke. But that's it's also such a fucking Canadian term for cigarettes. Is you, yeah, give me some more of them smokes, and I'll give some to my mum. <laughs> uh, he returns. Uh, Roddy Piper discovered him in Portland, and that's how he got the job in the WWF, of course, as we discussed last week as the uh, Buddy Lee Roberts of the demolition where they did the free bird rule and he immediately jumps into being in a tag team and just a doughy saggy bitch is he huge doughy saggy bitch and gets uh, he, I mean, he wrestles in Demolition's last match, which is WrestleMania Seven, where they job to Tenru and Koji Kato. What is uh, co uh call he, what does he call Koji Kato during that entire match? I don't want to say it. I don't, my my guesses aren't fit for podcast even. Kato. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. That's actually the best case scenario. Um, after WrestleMania, the WWF decided to disband Demolition. As you all know, it's because Bill Eadie's heart was not working, although he continued to wrestle well into 2017. Fuck my fucking face. Um, Crush was let go of the company because he loved steroids so much. Like They were like, anyone here doing yeah. steroids? And Crush was like, mm, not doing, loving. And then he made out with a needle. And so they're like, we got to get this guy out of here. This is why I like Crush, though. This is why I like Crush. Where I mean, the, him getting the end of the Crush gimmick, uh, how he goes to jail, is fucking hilarious. So he leaves WWF, yeah, and he continues to use the Crush gimmick, and he's back in Portland where he adopts the Full Nelson as his finisher. Why? Why does anyone fucking call it the Full Nelson? It's called the goddamn... It's called the goddamn fucking in the most shit. It's called finishers. the goddamn master lock, and if you don't fucking remember that, <laughs> 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 
Well, I mean, he had the most shit finishers of any wrestler wrong, I've ever seen wrong. in my life. I mean, actually, you know what? I'll vouch for crushing a guy's head. Crushing a guy's head is a sick finisher. That's a sick finisher. In the made-up world of pro wrestling, great finisher. When Crush came back, so 1992, yeah. I was watching the shit out of some wrestling. And what's that? Wh- oh, what is, yeah, what buddy. What is that guy's finishing move? He crushes their head. You're like, absolutely. That's all I want to fucking hear. And he did... And he did all these promos where he crushed a, uh, where he'd crush like pineapples and shit. Oh, yeah. That was his uh, debut promos, was about how he's a laid back guy, and then he would just like crush that's a what pineapple. The, that's what, <laughs> like, you understand uh, that that's what in the McMahon family, that is what's being relaxed is, is you're just destroying fruit because it's not meat? <laughs> <laughs> the original keto, Vince McMahon, that of course means you eat meat because that makes you yeah. fuck hard. I don't want my dick to be soft. Give me some fucking steak. Uh, Vince. You start fast and you end fast. McMahon sex. Vince McMahon, it's a little known fact, but he actually used to inspect his children's shits. And if they weren't little heavy pebbles at the bottom of the bowl, um, he would take the family dog (laughs) into the middle of the road and release it. So there was an infomercial for the longest time where this guy was talking about gut health and how it's related to your shits and like how your shits like look like that, Um, which is true. That is true. Like if you you can tell how healthy you are by your shits, that's legit. But the guy had a mullet and like a John Waters mustache and everyone else on the dais in this infomercial was just like a normal person and just him talking about like, I, my son passed a stool and I called my wife and I said, look how healthy this stool is. And you could see everyone on the dais being like, oh, gross. (laughs) You touched your kid's shit. You're fucking gross, guy. Yo, bud, you don't even know. Made me laugh a lot when I was a kid. Just someone sorting through their kid's shit like, I tasted it and it made me feel so good downstairs. Mm. It's like (laughs) chocolate, but it's more. (laughs) Chocolate and chicken? Mm, I don't need a wife. I just need more kids. (laughs) (laughs) Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, put that... That'll be the only wrestler review shirt we do. I don't need a wife. I need more kids. <laughs> that's that's a t-shirt. Uh, That'll be. That's how we we'll show up to Starcast. Yeah. No, we'll be, we'll be outside protesting Starcast because all the kids are in there when they should be with us. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if there is some sort of wrestling podcast convention. Where I was guaranteed that none of the podcasters would be pro wrestlers. I think we could beat up every (laughs) one of them. That'd be really fun. (laughs) We just come in like the fucking road warriors, man. Both over 240? We just fucking kill them. I've lost weight down to a a lean 220. But I have been... You're 220? I was up to like two... I'm two four. I'm two forty. I was up now, to like so. two fifty when after I yeah, broke my arm and I started to hate the. My oh, body yeah, looked were. really weird in photographs. You know that. You know when you start getting new fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're you haven't adjusted yeah, like, yet. Okay, it's either I just embrace this or I start really reevaluating my workout schedule. Speaking of someone who reevaluated their workout schedule, yeah. crush at this period when he redebut. One before we do. Before we do. 
one of my wife's friends got uh, gained relationship weight, and for some <laughs> reason, I've never seen this before in my life, but it all made it just made her forehead <laughs> higher. So like, she legit had like whale and mercy's hairline it was crazy she went from like a pretty girl to like whale and mercy it was insane oh we're in love now if you excuse me i'm about to become hideous <laughs> <laughs> it was me bray wyatt the whole time nice once again as i've said bray wyatt is my idol I was really hoping you were to say all the fat went into her dick, but uh, <laughs> 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 fucking Howard Stern of pro wrestling yeah, radio. But Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're happy you have Sasha Banks here. Describe your cut. Hey, uh, Paige is here. When uh, you watch that porno video you made for me, do you like to know that I do pre cum only? <laughs> did, you, did you make that porn for me answer yes next question page you just need to know about all, all of my loads they're like ghosts <laughs> they don't exist um crush when he returned to the wwf <laughs> in 1992 he had a tight sig uh siglet signet oh yeah big gut, big oh, gut. Yeah. he looked like he was smuggling yeah, yeah, a variety yeah. of roasts inside wrestling gear he did. He smuggled them inside his belly. Um, his big famous sort of run was um, uh, with Doink the Clown. Uh, they also paired him with being Randy Savage's best friend, which was the, like such a really good way to get him over with kids. Because I just remember I was watching and I was like, oh, I recognize like the Macho Man Randy Savage from people talking about him in that figure. And, and then Macho Man being like, oh, yeah, that's my friend Crush. He looks a bit like Elizabeth, but he's powerful enough to fight back. Oh, yeah. So um, that immediately. It was weird for him to have any friends that weren't. It seemed really clunky storyline wise, like even though they were friends in real life, I will say this. It was clunky because you'd never seen Macho Man have a friend that he just sustained ever. Like you always knew, even as a kid, you're like, oh, that guy's going to turn on Macho Man. Yeah, like, but, but I didn't. I didn't. Honestly, I was shocked when it happened. But let's not fucking jump ahead and ruin it for everyone. Let's first be. Oh, no, we've ruined oh, yeah, it. Spoiler alert. It's like we've Game ruined of Thrones it. They were going to watch all of 1993 Wrestling Challenge and be like, Dylan and John. If you don't think that we have at least one person who listens to this podcast who, when they get home, they just go, what? Ooh, November 11th, 1992. That's a Heenan. Then I don't think you know... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know our fan base, nor do you appreciate them, because those are the only people I'm doing this show for. It was just kind of the guy who refers to fattest food as dinner, and uh, which is of is borrowing one of your funnier <laughs> lines. Um, Burger King's not dinner. Um, and yes, the feud with Doink the Clown started because Doink had hurt his arm, supposedly, in a match with Crush. He uh, needed to be comforted. And instead, um, uh, sprayed Crush with a flower and then beat him over the head with a fake arm that was filled with lead. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 This was evil, Doink. And I mean, you won't believe it if you're less than 33 years old, but it was cool. And there's very funny promos where Crush goes, <laughs> he's just like fishing because he's from Hawaii and that's what they do, right? And he goes, you know, my dad was a clown. But he was a nice clown. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Crush? Like, like, sometimes, 
this was the thing like when crush was like he first came out i couldn't have been more of a fan of crush when it was just like i'm fucking hanging out here hawaii's sick look at the beach also i'm gonna crush a man's skull i was like this is exactly what i like and then once they tried they put him with doink it was like he almost should have just had this dude murder people for a year and it would have been like really cool because that's all i wanted to see was i wanted to see crush fucking smash people's fucking heads in i didn't want to see like oh he's gonna lose a bit now like i didn't want to see anyone hurt him at all i just wanted to see him beat the fucking shit out of people but that's what they do um and they have the two doinks one doink hits uh, crush with a prosthetic arm and crush gets pinned they they pivot off that storyline into Crush trying to slam Yokozuna, which he cannot do, and he kayfabe injures his back. Kayfabe injures his back, and he was repackaged because of this injury. Um, so he, re- well, the way he injured his back was that Yokozuna, um, after Lex Luger had, because they had the, the obviously the challenge uh, of slamming Yokozuna, Crush couldn't do it. And then Yoko Bonsai dropped him a bunch of times to make an example out of him for Lex Luger. And while this happened, uh, he comes back, which we'll we'll take a break now and get to his uh, we get to his heel turn. But he comes back, and I think in just like something they just never do now, totally logically makes sense where he starts a feud with Randy Savage because Randy Savage said he should try to body slam Yokozuna. And he never called Let him in the hospital. Let's do the Randy. Uh, let's do the crush heel turn, Mister Fuji. House arrest pre-break. Come back after the break. Do Nation of Domination, Chronic, eventual death. All right. Great. So let's get into it. He comes back. He turns on Randy uh, Macho Man Savage, which is how I always liked his name being presented. Um, so fucking, you'll be using the same thing as me, and also you'll be peeing sitting down from now on. I'm the alpha. You're the beta. Mm-hmm. You put your hand in my pocket for protection. <laughs> Here's what I do want to say, though. Here's what I do want to say. I think, expanding on my Macho Man crush friendship point, I think when Hulk Hogan had friends, you were like, that makes sense. This guy seems like a gregarious man. When Macho Man had friends, I was like, how did they meet? What do they talk about? Like, it's completely unbelievable that Macho Man Yeah, has Macho a Man's friend. resting vibe is exhausting. <laughs> like, what do you just hang out with Macho Man laid back? Like, there's no way you do that. He just talks about the skyline, and you're like, okay, man. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's... But he uh, he comes back as a heel, um, obviously feuding with Macho Man, and he's managed by Mr. Fuji, uh, joining Yokozuna's stable, and they were billed as the ancient tribal chieftains. <laughs> And he was a Japanese sympathizer. And honestly, his look was pretty fucking cool because he got to wear a back singlet that covered up some of his gut. Uh, he also lo- lost some weight while he was injured, which is great stuff. Yeah, he for sure did whatever. He did like a, uh, a cycle of DECA. <laughs> he just... He lost some weight. And he was like, all cigarettes. And then he just... <laughs> what did I do? I drank more coffee. Yeah, That's why I lost switched weight. to Miller Lite. And I stop hanging out with fucking people like you. And he's saying that to a cheeseburger. Um, crush. O- <laughs> <laughs> but then no, he of course he, li- he licked the grease off of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just licked the grease. If and you're not in me, it's not eating. Um, Macho Man and Randy <laughs> Savage uh, 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 have a match up. 
our best friends. Macho Man and Randy Savage have a match. <laughs> oh, I'm idiot. sorry, I'm tired. I'm in the middle of the night. Crushing Macho Man Randy Savage have a match at WrestleMania 10, um, which... Uh, Savage's last match on WWF television. Fucking goes out winning because he ties Crush up and then gets back to the ring because it was a weird version of a Falls Count Anywhere match and yeah. also a Texas Death match. But they yeah. don't really explain what it's called. It's just like a, it's a weird match that's fun. Um, Crush then became a hired gun for Mr. Fuji, um, who uh, helped yeah. Jeff Jarrett, who I didn't really, I, how this is worded, it makes it seem like Jeff Jarrett when, was managed briefly by Mr. Fuji, which I don't remember happening. I mean, I think it was more Cornette. Like, Cornette and Mr. Fuji just basically had an alliance uh, over, uh, yeah. at this point where they just were the ultimate bad guy. We need something to happen. Here's how hurting the WWF was for 1995 for new characters and any storyline is that Crush returns the Royal Rumble and enters the match at number 30, which is the oh shit spot. And it's like, ah, Crush. What? Yeah. Oh, God, it's bad. <laughs> like, But this is my favorite part. Uh, 1995, March 13th. Adams was arrested in his home of Kona, Hawaii, and narcotics officers searched his home and found 500 units of anabolic steroids and several unregistered semi-automatic guns. He was released Woo! on $10,275 bail, and he was sentenced to five months probation after completing no contest to 11 counts of drugs and weapons charges. John, if he was not white, he'd still be if in If he jail. was not white, they would have shot him. <laughs> like you just have a bunch of semi-automatic records and then and then they're like bail set at ten thousand and i think the original uh i think this judge would like to rule this case as boys yeah. will be boys i'm 36 boys <laughs> click will be let's boys. arraign let's arraign the defendant uh your name is brian i've given you a nickname brian brian rascal adams <laughs> <laughs> You're a little scamp. Big scamp. I'd like to chase you around the court and try and tickle you. You seem like someone who likes to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. But yeah, he gets. I gotta tell uh, you. And then I guess we'll take a break because. With Brian Adams' untimely death. But I like that we both just agreed this one's gonna be fun, even though it's quite sad. Dude, he'd be 55 if he was still alive. That's how (laughs) early he dies. He'd be as old as Dylan's. Fucking dick, man. Dylan's got an old dick. He's been warm food for... Oh, I got an old... uh, My dick's an old little guy. My name's Dylan and I got an old dick. Guys, we're going to be back after this break and you're not going to be disappointed with what you hear. Mm, Dylan Gott uses the N-word. We need money for lawyers. Donate to Patreon. Minimum donation, $5. Maximum donation, suck job. Welcome back, everybody. Brian Adams is released from jail. You know what that means? He's rehired as the WWF and associated with black people because Vince McMahon is like... Yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, immediately, I just was like, oh, no, I know how they figured that out. What? That's so funny. What's his new finisher, though? He doesn't crush people's heads anymore. No, he... uh Punches them in the heart. Oh, that's right. He gets the heart heart punch. Fuck me. He never got a good finisher. (laughs) (laughs) A punch directly to the heart? I'm 
I'm so surprised that in WCW they didn't give him the spinning toe hold. I would have loved it if Vince Russo was like, okay, bro, heart punch is an old finisher, but we can work with it. How about this? Every time he punches them in the heart, it switches their heart, so they're gay now, bro. All the job was a gay now. I also got obsessed with Vince Russo's shoot interviews recently, by the way. And you can tell he's a liar because occasionally he tells the truth, but he'll tell it as someone else and be like, okay, bro, let me just say, this is what this guy says that happens. And he says the truth and he's like, that's not what happened. So I was talking to my friend Leonard, who's actually a cat. And he and I, we were <laughs> we were full tongue kissing, bro. And then guess what? Mm, now we're a paraplegic. <laughs> okay bro here's what happened bro me and six talking cartoon cats are you just saying the movie the aristocats yeah bro <laughs> that's what the aristocats is a documentary bro i was the cats bro um he joins the nation of domination with savio vega and farouk and that's the whole thing is that Crush feels he's being discriminated against because he's a criminal and Savio because he's Hispanic, Fruit because he's black. And then, of course, they switch it and make it a race war where Savio Vega is in Las Barricuas, the Hispanic version. And Farouk is the leader of the nation domination, which is supposed to be a play on the black Muslims. And, of course, the baby no, faces. No, no, it's not, not a play on the black Muslims. It's a play on the nation of... Do- Disciples? No, the nation of Islam. Is it- nation of Islam. Don't, yeah, the black Muslims are something different. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. So, a play on the nation of Islam. And uh, the baby faces, the most important part here is the baby faces, the good guys, the all-white bikers featuring Ron and Don Harris, who legitimately have uh, Nazi yeah. tattoos. Oh, good. Good stuff. It's weird. I always thought Los Berwiquas was the coolest one of all four of those because they had the really hairy guy, and I thought he was really funny. Oh, yeah, the really hairy. Well, the weird thing about Los Berwiquas is like, I liked. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna. Say, I'm just gonna say this. I liked the Nation of Domination the best out of the three because they were the only ones who were like comfortable with having their shirts off. <laughs> Everyone else was just dressed up for, like, a barbecue you heard about 30 minutes ago. Uh, I guess I'll put pants on. <laughs> the last movie was also, was, it was the end of the weird thing, but the beginning of the attitude era of, like, they're going to wrestle in street clothes, but for some reason a belt. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the crazy thing is, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just looking up a picture of the Disciples of Apocalypse right now. It's the crazy thing is, like, here's how hurting for fucking people they were back then is that uh, they were like, let's give Crush his own stable. Makes sense to me, baby. And they all, like, first of all, all of Los Bariquas were in fedoras. And basically, The Undertaker's watching Los Bariquas thinking, hey, this for my new character, which is insane. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Disciples of Apocalypse. No, no, he was watching Los Bariquas, and he was like, this is for my new character, and then Vince had to talk him down from that. <laughs> I have an idea. My new character was like, I really like I'm hats. I'm Puerto Rico and I drive a car and I don't shave my back. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a lot of hair and I have an affinity for fancy hats. Not baseball. Fancy. Yeah, the DOA basically flounders. The Harris brothers kind of are going to be the tag team champions, but not really. Paul Ellering kind of yeah. manages them, but not really. And who gives a fuck? Crush yeah. eventually leaves over the protest of the Montreal Screwjob. Um, his absence... I mean... I want to talk about this more. Uh, is the Montreal Screwjob the single best and, like, 
is it kind of like if a baseball team traded all their old bad players for like the young new guys? Because that seems like what it is. Like the Montreal Screwjob literally got rid of a British Bulldog. Rick Rude. Um, Rick Rude. I mean, Rick Rude's a loss, but, like, what the fuck is Rick yeah, Rude going to do? I mean, no, Rick Rude would have been awesome, actually. He would have been perfect wrong, for the Attitude Era. Wrong, because they would have taken it to, to no, a guaranteed Vince Russo. But- no, he would have eaten <laughs> pussy. He would have eaten pussy on TV, bro. It would have been sick. He'd be still alive. He'd be fucking eating out girls. There would have been a segment called Rick Rude Teaches You Fucking Virgins How to Eat Pussy. That would have been the actual name of the segment, and then he would have fucked him. And he would have been like, and he would have fucked them, and he said, I guess you're wondering when I eat pussy. I don't. I'm a man. <laughs> um, that would have been it. And then the Raw's War would have been Rude Eats Pussy would have been the fucking <laughs> shirt they sold. And it would have surpassed Austin 316, and they would have had to give him the belt. <laughs> that would have been that. That would have been the entire Monday Night Era. But... They get rid of they get rid of Rick Rude. They get rid of Jim Neidhart. They get rid of it, basically they just offload a, offload a lot of drug addicts. No, DOA remains. D- DOA is around. Yeah. Oh, DOA around remains. For year Sorry. hilariously because yeah. they try and do that weird D because DOA Paul Ellering joins DOA. Yeah, and then they bring back the gimmick, and then they change the thing to Paul Ellering from he always wrote, read the Wall Street Journal is that Paul Ellering knows the yeah. internet. <laughs> <laughs> I know the internet. Oh, it's so <laughs> <What>? good. <laughs> That's so funny. This is during my this is gonna sound weird, but this nineteen ninety seven was the greatest uh year of law and order of all time too, because this was the year where Jerry Orbach was always learning about the internet and was Oh disgusted. yeah, the, the, where they're trying to explain to him what a Blackberry is is one of the weirdest episodes of writing ever. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's every Jerry Orbach episode. What's Law and Order? Law and Order is it's like uh, uh, it's like Game of Thrones. Only people weren't surprised when it was bad. Sometimes also it was better than Game of Thrones. No, you're better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> Law and Order was a lot like wrestling. Now the same thing happened every episode, but actually it's not like wrestling now because no one complained about it because everyone loved the characters. Okay. You're like Jerry Orbach. When does he, when does he fuck his sister? I want everything to be Game of Thrones. <laughs> you should write a really long blog about how Game of Thrones has betrayed you because I haven't watched any of this season. But apparently everyone's no, mad at something that happened matter. this year. It's all fine. People are just fucking assholes. Anyway, whatever. You should write a really long thing about like how you're angry because you thought it would have made um, brother sister storylines acceptable. It's acceptable. It should be fine in society. They are pure bloods. <laughs> They're keeping their bloodline pure. Keep it in. The, keep the bloodline pure. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I want to taint my bloodline. Not, not me. Keep it pure. <laughs> oh man, my favorite. Here's my favorite thing. The NWO gets a new member oh, in 1998. Brian Adams. By the way, he was eliminated from the WWF because they had Kane just attack him in the time period where Kane just attacked random yep. wrestlers to get the Undertaker's attention. Which was bet what was better though? Great. Kane just wore a cape all the time. Oh yeah, that was first Kane when he wore a cape all the time. Also, something they don't do now, which is you've established Brian Adams as a guy who beats up jobbers and like wins a lot of matches and looks dominant, and then you have another guy beat the shit out of him 
basically meaning like, oh, if this guy can beat the shit out of this guy we never see lose, or never see really like lose by a lot, then how good is this guy? Just a, one of the litany of things they did right with Kane that they've only done right with Braun Strowman. Yeah, and since. they haven't done it that right with Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman didn't beat that many wrestlers. Not in a while, He mostly yeah. just beat up cars. He's one of the classic things. Here's how AEW is going to yeah. surpass WWE. They're just going to sort of do some stuff good for a bit, and everyone is going to be, oh, my God, this is great. WWE keeps just trying to give us pee Dude. and tell us it's coffee, and enough people have drank it enough times that we're like, well... At least it's not as bad as the pee last week. And all AEW has to do is be like, it's decaf coffee. And then we're like, oh, this is what I've been wanting the whole time. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do, obviously. But uh, I, we're, we should all be very excited. Now, in the NWO split in April 1998, because this is... Brian Adams is literally the harbinger of doom for pro wrestling. Like, he... Pro wrestling, if Brian Adams is in your company, you Yeah, Brian now. Adams arrives... In one of the most uninteresting fucking segments ever, it's another. It's so it's funny. another time when they try and call it back to the Montreal Screwjob. Bear in mind, all the WCW fans didn't know what it was, and also it no one knew it was a Screwjob, really, because it was one segment on the WWF, and then if you missed that segment, it wasn't brought up again. They didn't talk about it for like another year. Yeah, that was the weird thing about pay per view is that like. They kind of assumed everyone knew about it, but like for me, I never bought pay-per-view because obviously like I'm not going to spend $50 of my mom's money <laughs> at this time. So it was like, oh, you know what happened to pay-per-view? And it's like, no, nah, I, I don't, no. man. How you but, got pay-per-view information is you watched the photos of the pay-per-view that they showed on Monday Night Raw the next day. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. He's in the NWO, he chooses NWO black and white, he's like lower mid-card because that's how he was born, that's how he'll die. Giving an interview, wearing a long leather jacket that they forgot to check could be done up with a belt, he's lost the belt so he's holding the jacket closed, offers his <laughs> offers his hand to Bret Hart, Bret Hart takes it, he holds it, reveals he's in the NWO, they attack Bret Hart. It's... The most, like, he literally could have walked out wearing an NWO shirt, and then Mean Gene, ooh, and thank God Mean Gene's in the ring, would have just, he would have been like, Mean Gene, don't look at my chest. Mean Gene would have said something like, don't worry, I'm looking at your feet. They'll be my new earrings. And then... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just like it's it's the classic WCW thing around this time, where it's like, we've signed another, like, there's a depreciating returns on just signing guys away from the wwf when you're trying to present everyone as a big deal like scott hall big deal kevin nash big deal bret hart big deal like don't try and tell me kona crush coming over is a big get for you guys like it's not you should have started him on saturday yeah night. <laughs> it's just he should have lost the ice train for a year and then been or just the have him come in as a wrestler this is the other problem with wcw at this time is that everyone's so it's it's always NWO, WCW. They weren't building other feud. And that just got really fucking boring. Yeah. Especially because he goes into the NWO and then, uh, like, because it's also WCW and no wonder fucking Goldberg failed as a champion is that, like, they had one of his first big opponents when he became world champion was Brian Adams. But, I mean, that's part of the Goldberg thing. Like, the thing about Goldberg was you want your champion to take up 20-30 minutes, whereas Goldberg's entire character is, he was a part of the show where he just fucking murders a dude, right? So, 
now you have to have these longer matches, but it's like you should just have him murderize people in two minutes and then do a promo, but he can't do promos. So it's like total runtime of Goldberg segment for your world champion in five minutes because that's what people want. But we do another Goldberg episode another time. Listen to that one, baby. In 1998, uh, 1999, he's uh, in the NWO reunion because that's what people want. Um, and that peters out because, baby, he is chosen to be the Kiss-themed wrestler, The Demon, after... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they, they Nitro, or sorry, WCW pays Kiss a ton of fucking money to do a live concert, and they license a Kiss character because they hate money. They just hate it. I always assumed Kiss paid for this, too. I didn't realize that WCW paid for it, and ooh, money not well spent. <laughs> this is the crazy thing. Like, them having the No Limit Soldiers and getting Master P on TV... For as dumb as, like, no one will even think that's that dumb because of, like, how big Master P was at this time. Having Kiss is the fucking dumbest. Like, it just makes your fucking product look so old. Like, if you're going to have a Kiss as the characters, just do old man wrestling. Just be like, you know what? The fucking, the t- the TV title's being pushed and goddammit, Bobby. And also, the by the champion. way, Master, like, Master P was the worst idea. Well, he demanded so much money. That guy, uh, what is it? That he demanded so much money, a bunch of the guys they brought in to be wrestlers with him all got, like, f- six-figure deals. Um, yeah. And it, one of them was supposed to be New Jack, by the way, but then apparently Kevin Nash, according to New Jack, Kevin Nash blocked it because he's like, he'll stab us. And here's the thing with New Jack. He's like, I don't like that he did that. But you can tell that New Jack did not deny the, like, oh, I would have stabbed someone. That would have definitely happened. <laughs> well i mean and honestly if you want the no limit soldiers to get over as like this is a gang then you would have to do but also the problem but the problem with and this always happens with wcw is that they forget it's wrestling fans especially for wcw because it's in the south so then then you have the west texas rednecks all that sort of brian adams was involved in now he's supposed to be the kiss demon he doesn't end up being the kiss demon though does he dylan no he does not they just give it to dale torborg Adam switched back to competing under his own name, and he lost to Sid Vicious on an episode of Nitro, and after beating Horace Hogan on October 13th on Thunder, he took a hiatus to come back as... Chronic. Wow, wow, two guys that smoke weed that never smoke weed. No, it's the weirdest thing is it doesn't really... I don't think that they were supposed to have smoked weed. I think it's just implied that they're... They are weed? Like, they're supposed to be strong weed? It's... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> i love the idea of having a tag team called like are- old english i don't know we're just hard booze <laughs> rough hangovers yeah Ra- vodka guys so you guys drink a lot of vodka i never said that why are you here i don't know we're potatoes before they ferment but it's it's honestly it's not dumb this can sound fucked up but it's not dumb because um at this time, Vince Russo knows, and we all know, we were all 15, and we were like, are they talking about weed? That's <laughs> sick. Whoa, cool. Oh, you said weed. <laughs> but like every other company that did it, like ECW and even WWF, Godfather did it as part of his character, 
Uh, Road Dog did it as part of his character. RVD did it as part of his character. These three guys were all over, and they were all, it was all part of their character. By which I mean, you could tell. Obviously, if you have a pimp character, it's not crazy to assume you can add this guy smokes weed to that. Road Dog for sure smokes weed. Uh, fucking RVD. Like, look at his fucking Twitter. The man smokes weed. You've given a gimmick that these guys are tough, big weed, and neither of them have ever smoked weed in their lives. I mean, Brian Adams, maybe. We don't know, but he seemed pretty like a pretty laid back guy. No, Brian Adams strikes me more as a, like, I do coke, but in the morning. But, I mean, they're given a big push. We've talked about this in the Brian Clark episode. They come to WWF. They immediately are fucking thrown into a lake and drowned by Kane yeah, and the Undertaker. Yeah, because basically what happens um, is Kane and they, the Undertaker are like, you're doing a double choke slam. We'll check this out. Get yeah. out of here. And uh, Dylan couldn't tell, but I farted into the mic, and it was good. Now, um, Ooh, yeah. I'm talking into my mic, and I'm, I can taste my shit. Which is what they made Brian Clark and Brian Adams do when they got to the WWF as part of the invasion. Pretty much. They leave the WWF uh, mostly because um, after they are so soundly beaten by The Undertaker and Kane, no one considers them wrestlers anymore. They actually think they're little children. They're really fucking punked off. Like... This would this would have been a good idea. This is gonna sound fucked up, but this would have been a good idea if you were buying time, and this was like let's say they they do it as the first wave of WCW's attack. Like, okay, why? Oh, everyone, and then everyone says, oh, the booking's really bad. Why aren't they treating Chronic better and Mike and Mike Awesome better and all that shit? And then you use that year that it they all have contracts. You know what I mean? That obviously they're going to sit on their ass, Kevin Nash is, and just get paid. They use that year to just wait it out and then sign Goldberg and then sign Nash and then sign Hall and Hogan and all these guys. Bring them in as the WCW that's actually going to invade. And then the whole storyline is like, we were getting paid by them and we just watched these other guys lose because we wanted, you know what I mean? Because we wanted them to, you, we guys, we wanted you guys to struggle. And then the whole storyline is, oh shit, the WWF is in real trouble because they've had this first wave of shitty attack to now the real attack is coming through. They could have done that. They obviously didn't. They didn't, you know, they thought the WCW brand is fucking done now. Obviously. Um, but uh, Brian Adams goes and his career ends where it began. He goes to Japan uh, and he they actually win the tag titles from Ko- Keiji Muto and uh, Teokia. I'm sorry when I'm mispronouncing it's actually, that. It's actually pronounced. Uh, hang on, I'm going to actually do it. It's actually pronounced. Oh, please. Yeah, be racist. Teokia. More relaxed on the T, please. Um, they, <laughs> they, wrestle, they go to Wrestle 1 and uh, Brian Adams gets a spinal injury in a match against Bill Goldberg and KG Muto um, and his forced in retirement. He tries boxing, but then hurts his arm. And baby, what happens when the whole reason you're alive and everything you've done since you were 22 is uh, the, you know what I mean? You had a spinal injury and you're a pro wrestler. What do you do, baby? You do pills. And uh, unfortunately, this is, this is one of the sadder deaths. I think he overdosed on pills. Uh, he took his recommended dose of every one of the pills he was descri- uh, prescribed, but 
he took them all at the same time. And obviously, when you take them all at the same time, and you don't read the, please don't take any other pills with this pill, um, he fucking, he died, and his kid found him, and his kid was seven. Yeah. <laughs> so... Isn't that, isn't that fun? Hope you never wanted to sleep, kid, because now you just are going to fucking hate it. Your life is a nightmare. Enjoy. John, tell me. Welcome to Hell, It's Your Life. Um, It's the Head Crush movie and he was Kona Crush. Yes, it is, baby. That was fucking sick. I really love that move. What is the best thing about him for you, Dylan? Hmm... His goatee. He has a good goatee. I don't know. There's nothing. The get the best thing about him is I don't know, man. There's nothing really good other than the head crush move. He's yeah. big. And he's, he's dead big. Now. I That's think it's good. good. He's, he's big. not around to see what. <laughs> oh no, John. John, no. Kid grow up. That's good. Oh, that's just, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so much bad about him. I think the worst thing is probably the uh, scar that will never be healed on his son's life. Yeah. That's the best thing, right? That it, his not only you lose your dad when you're a kid is going to become a cool serial killer, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. That's sick. <laughs> no, but his son did pin him <laughs> when he found him, so that's good. One, two, three. You're done. <laughs> Put him in the grave. <laughs> and Papa Shango was the original guy who buried him, so they did an Undertaker-style burial, and it was good. Uh, what's the worst thing about him for you, John? His entire career is pretty fucking terrible. Um, I'm going to say worst thing ever. He never got a good finishing. His best finishing move was the chronic high times, which was just a double choke slam. But his finishing moves in no particular order were shoulder breaker, <laughs> uh, heart punch, and oh, what was the other one? Oh, that's it. And then the head crusher move. That's it. It's all terrible. Shoulder breaker, heart punch, yeah. head crush. Head crush was great. Everything else is... Why Why couldn't he just do the head crush the whole time? I don't know. I guess because the everyone was so big back then, it was like unbelievable once he got to the higher echelon uh, against people. Like a guy like Kali can do a head crush because he's like fucking six inches bigger than everybody. But for Brian Adams, it's harder. He got so many chances, man. He got so many chances. It sucks. And it is shit when, like, obviously he gets an injury. He doesn't know what to do with his time, so he just gets fucking addicted to pills, which sucks ass. But, um, yeah. Just another uh, in the mid-2000s, not even... People don't even remember he's dead because so many people have died of bullshit, right? Um, well, guys, that was a fun way to end a sad episode. Yeah, so everyone get your dick out and slap it on your leg. Oh, baby, follow us on Facebook, uh, the Wrestler Review Podcast for our Facebook page, at Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Ooh. Dylan Gott, at the John Hastings on Twitter. Uh, I'll be in England this week. Tonight I'm at Top Secret Comedy Club at London, England, if you guys want to come by. All the other dates are on my website. John, anything to promote? I'm at the Edinburgh Fringe every day. Tickets are available on my website, on my Twitter, on my Instagram. All at the John Hastings. I am also hosting comedy and commentary with Cole Cabana about bad wrestling at 11 o'clock at the Monkey Barrel. So come see my solo show at 9.30. Stick around. Come see me and Cole Cabana at 11. And then come see you at. Nice. I got to take a dump so bad. Thanks very much, guys. Bye -bye. I love you.